Because if someone cares and wants to work for you, like on a human level, that's the person that you can help grow and, and will in turn support you in, you know, driving success within your business. Welcome to the Carnage Podcast, where we interview some of today's most savvy marketers, creatives, founders, and more. I'm your host, Adam Kuhns, and today's guest is Dave Graham. Dave is a store manager at Lululemon in Pittsburgh, PA. I had the privilege of meeting Dave a few weeks ago at an in-store event at Lululemon. It felt way different than a traditional retail experience. I was intrigued and thought it'd be fitting to have Dave join us on the podcast. We dive into a lot of stuff, including how brick and mortar stores are evolving, building community, and Dave's outdated LinkedIn photo. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dave. Tonight, I am joined by Dave Graham. Thanks for joining us, Dave. It's David. David? (laughs) Lies. (laughs) He told me it was Dave. He told me it was Dave before we got started. so Dave, let's just get right into this. What, sure. What's your job? What do you do? Um, my, like my profession? Yeah, what's your profession? Uh, I'm a store manager for Lululemon uh, here in Pittsburgh. Do people know we're in Pittsburgh? Yes, we're in Pittsburgh. All right. If you didn't know. Tonight, I'm a store manager for Lululemon somewhere in the United States. Tonight we are in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, interesting, interestingly enough, I pulled up Dave's LinkedIn profile before he showed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a bit outdated. Do you want to, <laughs> in the event that you search for Dave Graham on LinkedIn, uh, let's let's talk about that. He might change it. It's like saying like, there. it's like saying like, don't listen, and then saying something. Like, you are telling him at the beginning of a podcast to search a terrible LinkedIn. By the time this is posted, though, you might have changed it. So I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna deactivate. Just, why don't you just make the commitment that you're gonna keep it as is for the next two weeks? Great. I haven't changed it in. Two years. So. Perfect. <laughs> it's actually interesting. Like we were talking before this whole thing started, the brick and mortar versus digital and e-com versus in-store, et cetera. And like to me, LinkedIn versus like face-to-face networking and like meeting cool people with interesting professions that I want to link up with. I feel like I do that in Pittsburgh face-to-face because of my job and what it allows me to do. So like I don't even, I don't know when I would use that unless I was searching for another job. You should look at my Instagram instead. Okay, where can the, people... The Dave Graham. Okay, perfect. We usually do that at the end here, oh. but... Uh, well, if you I'm want, only here for self-promotion. If you want to follow Dave on, on Instagram, it's <laughs> at the Dave Graham. I just um, feel like that's more true to who I am. I'm trying to take a snapshot of the essence of my life. I like respect one that. One picture. I wish more people maybe respected that professionally, where it was like, yeah. Hey, instead of sharing my LinkedIn profile right. is maybe a resume or right. a cover letter. Here's my Instagram. I think it depends on the industry, but yeah. it gives a much more true sense of the person you're going to be working with or, you know, right. That's who I am as a human. And if we can't get along on a human level and we don't have common interests, we probably won't be that good at working together. Well said. Yeah. Thanks. So how long have you been at Lululemon for? Uh, I'm coming up on my Lululiversary. Oh, is that what they call it there? It is. Okay. Yeah. You always, most people get cookies or okay. some sort of carb. Uh, uh, November 27th. Okay. So I'm here one year. So you've been involved in the retail space for, for some time. Yeah. And and, and actually... How, how many years in, in retail would you say? Um, well, let me use my fingers. 13, 13, 11, 11, 11 years. Okay. And interestingly, um, before true runner, which was a specialty running store, 
but it was a concept store of Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. So it was owned by a corporate entity. Okay. Before that, I was managing full-size Dick's Sporting Goods stores for them in Cleveland. And before that, I was with Finish Line, the mall-based shoe retailer. Okay, gotcha. So I've done mall-based, big box, specialty, privately owned, and now back to a corporate setting. Okay. However, Lululemon, I would say, is like the antithesis of traditional retail. Okay. How have you seen retail change over those last... 11 years. I know you've been involved in a lot of different facets of retail, but I don't know, is there a common thread where you're like, oh, you know, this is where retail's going? Sure. I mean, not to, I don't think it's necessary to go over um, the common knowledge that we all have. So yeah, the internet keeps growing and Amazon keeps growing. What's the internet? Right. (laughs) It was Al Gore's (laughs) crowning achievement. what I would say has remained absolutely consistent is what I know to be a truth is that people want to shop in brick, as they call it, brick and mortar, which rarely is there actually brick and mortar involved, um, for the experience. So I've, I've preached it every, with every team that I've worked with or who's worked for me that um, I don't care what they walk out with product-wise. I care out, I care about the experience they had. So the next time they think, so when I was at the running store, the next time I think about anything related to it, coaching, uh, running routes, injuries, product, et cetera, that they would go, oh, the people at that store are so nice, I'll just go in and they'll solve my problem. Sure. So we want to make ourselves as um, indis- indispensable, like as valuable as possible so that that person feels like they need our help. Um, in yeah, getting going through that path in life, whatever sure. that might be. So um, so that's sorry. Yeah, so so that's what I think is the most consistent thread actually in retail still is if you provide an experience that is atypical or elevated right. from yeah. the common ones of the world, you will be successful. Yeah. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you're seeing a lot of malls close right now. The traditional yeah. malls as as we knew them. Um, I'm a millennial, so you know, I spent my Friday nights and Saturdays at, at malls and they're closing. Quickly. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. And why is that? Well, Um, I'm asking you, why do you think? I mean, yeah, the internet. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, it's just everything's so accessible right now that why do I need to go to a mall where I was going to a mall to to hang out? Right. And that was, that was my motivating factor. I couldn't go to Amazon and have my product within two days. And two, I I think, you think you hit a good point on the experience. I want to try something on. Sure. You know, if I'm going to spend, you know, $120 on, on joggers, I, I want to know how they fit me. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely changing. I just think it's, it's interesting that you talk about experience. I think that's really important. I'm just wondering, you know, can the experience change within a traditional brick and mortar store? Like how much yeah. can you do differently Absolutely. where it's like, okay, we're going to. I mean. I don't think you get much experience online. So like even the best website that blows me away and has perfectly curated images and like the, what's it called? Like roadmap that you go through on the site. Um, What ultimately, what's the best experience I'm having? I mean, it's something where it's on a screen. I'm not touching it. I'm not interacting with it. Um, Whereas in person, people, I think people crave that connection. Like maybe you mentioned you're a millennial. I'm 33. I'm, I'm on some sort of cusp. I don't really, I don't want to be a millennial for all of like the reasons that they're um, spoken negatively of. Um, and I think that I'm someone who's like, yes, brick and mortar will never die. And I uh-huh. hope, but I don't think I'm the, um, 
I don't think that's irrational. I don't think I'm the person like clinging to, to a past. I'm sure. not still trying to sell horse and buggies yeah. in a culture of automobiles. Right. Like I do think that what I provide um, and what I enjoy as a career, which is providing experience and building, you know, relationships and connection with yeah. people, that won't go away because that's actually like the root of human interaction and yeah. purpose. Well, I think too, it's interestingly enough, I met you, you know, at an experience and, and you know, just to give you guys some context, uh, I was invited to this Lululemon event in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, um, and you guys are trying to get more more males to, yep. to shop there, and, and yep. you know to say, hey, we don't just sell female clothing; we right. also want want males to buy our our stuff. So that's how we met, and uh, I had a great experience. I mean, you wanted you I, you and I wouldn't be sitting here tonight if I had yeah. a bad one. Sure. I so the land of Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, is post industrial Appalachia to a degree. Um, and so this, I, this concept of Lululemon may be like, uh, the normal corner store in New York city, but here it's still this sort of unknown. And I would say to a lot of the population and even more so within males specifically, it's a women's brand and it's a yoga brand and it's tight pants or leggings as they like to call them. Sure. I don't like to call them that, but um, so how do you get a guy to understand and appreciate the brand and realize that like it's a real option for them and maybe in my opinion, the best option. Um, so I was working with a, a partner within the company made this proposal and yeah, this event that you're referring to was okay. I got a budget to get the guys in our clothes. So like I, they don't have to overcome the price hurdle. I'm just giving it to you. Um, and you have to get in the store. So like, see what we're up to see, meet my team, my people have a drink with us. Um, and yeah, have that experience. Yeah. And then a lot of that within, within one conversation, that all melts away and you realize it's it's just great product that suits a lot of like the typical life now, which is business casual or a sweat component to life. Like all the people who have previously shopped at malls for those items are realizing that they can get it more locally. Often other stores are like within residential centers sure, um, and have a relationship and have someone to recommend those products to them. Yeah. And just like, are we allowed to swear? Yeah. I was about to say bullshit. Bullshit's cool. We can just like bullshit and yeah. Yeah, get to know each other. Yeah. Because at the end of it, you're not going to come back and buy more product just for the product. Right. Because then you could buy it online. Yeah. So at that point, like, you're only coming back if you had a good experience and it brings you joy to right. be in our four walls. So what's Lululemon doing differently than some of the other retail brands that you've worked for? Or, or is there, mm -hmm. or are they doing something different um, from an experiential standpoint? Oh, I, I'm, the short answer is yes. They absolutely are. Um, the long answer... I mean, so you can go to, we have experiential stores in certain cities that really are immersive and you're trying on the product and you're maybe testing it in different ways. And um, the company is not afraid to, to try new things. Um, we have a, they're called the what, what we stand for principles. And one of them that always resonates with me is 50% of our revenue drivers we do not yet know exist. So like 2018, this is what we're doing right now. This holiday season, we're you know, entering with a strategy based on what our company looks like. But next year, literally, it could it could change completely. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's to acknowledge that and not say what has worked in the past is what's going to work in the future, in and of itself is a huge difference from traditional retail. How does it feel working for a company like that? I mean you personally where it's like, hey I you know, do you feel like 
they're kind of giving you the reins in, in a certain you know yeah. aspect where you could you, you just do what you need to do yes um I mean, they ask us to act in an entrepreneurial way. And I, I was actually, after my last job, I was fairly discouraged. Um, had worked for uh, a sole proprietor who, at the end, who had agreed to give me the opportunity to really transform the business, the consumer-facing side of it. And at the end of the day, couldn't give up that control and that decision-making. Okay. Um, which is, you know, his business, his money, sure. his prerogative. Um, but I really wanted to go somewhere that was more in line. I was 30 two at the time I'm trying to find myself and so like how do I do a job that doesn't feel like a job you know like that's the goal and so I saw Lululemon actually there was like a top five best or whatever Forbes best companies to work for yada yada and Lulu is consistently near the top and so I wanted to find out why so I reached out to friends that worked there I knew the store manager at the time and some other people on their leadership team Um, and it's a company that puts their people in the driver's seat and really empowers them to steer the company. Sure. Um, our our home office in Vancouver is called our store support center. Okay. So it's they, you know, sort of a inverted hierarchy. Okay. So they're there to support us in the field and what we need to do to really drive that experience. Okay. Um, which, yeah, we're not... So I've worked for some other retailers where we would get directive and essentially just execute. Okay. I was a human, you know, pawn that I would just do what I was being told to do. And here it and with Lululemon, it's we know that you with boots on the ground. Is that the phrase? Boots on the ground um, are closest to the our guest and you okay. know what they want. So okay. like you tell us what okay. is necessary in the field. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty cliche to have a manager or boss tell you that they're setting you up for success, but it seems like yeah. the hype is real with Lululemon. I mean, yeah. there's it doesn't seem like there's a lot of fluff. Like, it actually, because yeah. other people that I've talked to that work there, even some of your employees, I, I had a great experience. And I'm not just telling you that because yeah. you're sitting in front of me. I mean, you know, next time I need to buy right. some joggers, I'm, you know, yeah. or whatever, gym shorts. Sure. Uh, I... People will come into the store, and I've been in Pittsburgh now since 2012, so like I know a lot of people in the industry and like the type of clientele that we would attract. So I see people daily that I know that come in and you know, know my name or say hi or give them a hug. And more than, more than once, on numerous occasions, people have said like, what's up with your, your team, your staff? Like, why are they so happy? Um, like, what are they drinking? You know, what's the Kool-Aid, whatever. <laughs> and, right. but. To me, that's like one of the most um, flattering compliments because that means that that we're doing something right. So like microcosm, me within the store, but also as a company. So like we don't pay on a retail scale. So like all of our employees get paid significantly higher than minimum wage. There's a bonus structure that is top to bottom. So my part-time person who works four hours a week can still bonus. And it's just like based on their hours in a successful period within our fiscal year. So it's a shared, yeah, it's shared... um, you know, pay for performance. So if we're doing well, everyone on the team benefits from it. It's not just me bonusing or, um, and one other program, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a sales pitch. Um, <laughs> this is not a sponsor. We podcast. are hiring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one other thing that I think is really cool and, um, differentiates us even between those who are, um, imitating what we're doing is there's a sweaty pursuits program. So okay. like, this is something where my employees, get the opportunity company funded to go out and sweat in our community. So 
you know, non-traditional, I guess, marketing or guerrilla marketing. So we're paying for them to go drop in at a studio. They're probably wearing our gear because it's the majority of what they wear. Okay. They're happy. They're getting a free class. They don't have the, the roadblock of, you know, money being an issue. And so the company pays for every single employee to actually go sweat in the community and just be like genuine and authentic in what they're doing. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's really cool. Are you sweating in the community? Yeah. Or do you sweat at? Um, a few different places. Okay. I've been a little off the wagon recently, I'll, I'll admit. Um, Winter is coming. This LinkedIn just keeps looking at me, and I'm afraid that like somehow LinkedIn's going to know whether or not I worked out. Do you, do you want to close it? <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> picture. We actually never talked about the pic, like the why, but um, I am sweating. I really enjoy boxing recently. Um, I do it at a few different gyms here. Okay. And I'm an Orange Orange Theory Fitness guy. Okay. I don't know if you know about that. Okay. But, yeah, I do a little bit. Yeah. It's you know, there's variety to it. I don't get bored. It lets me sweat enough that I feel like I'm burning calories and. What's the optimal amount sweat? In your eyes, um, like like duration, or like, uh, like fluid ounces, fluid ounces, <laughs> uh, an hour. Okay. If I'm playing basketball, it could be four hours. Wow. I just love basketball. Okay. But um, I would say like if it's yeah, an hour is good enough where you feel a degree of exhaustion that like you take pride in, but not to the point where like it's dangerous and I okay. fall over. Does Lululemon put a strong emphasis, obviously, with you know the different initiatives that sweated out in your community mm-hmm. i mean do you when you interviewed there did they talk about you know hey you know, yeah we, we want you to be living a healthy lifestyle yeah it's not it. i i wouldn't say it's a um i don't think they can hire based on just that premise right. but it's a it definitely answer seeking questions and sure what do you like to do and what is your balance in life sure um it's a company this you know the concept of work-life balance is yeah. is overused and yeah. maybe we're a bit numb to that to phrase at this point. Um, but really not even work-life balance, but like integrating the two. Sure. Um, and so if I work a shorter shift and then I go to a workout where I'm strategically there meeting people uh-huh. and networking, yeah. then like I'm getting paid for that time. Yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. Which, it, yeah, it's not you have to be on the sales floor worrying about metrics and right. dollars per transaction. Yeah. That's, I, I firmly believe that that's all a result of like being in the right conversation, the right relationships. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. I, I, I worked in, in retail for a time. It was in college. I worked at Hollister. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. Mm. I did it. Yeah. I did it. Is that a Hollister jacket? It's nice. No. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's good stuff. It might last. No, I, I haven't been in a Hollister for a long time, but I, I felt like it was very robotic there. You know, mm-hmm. I... I never had to take my shirt off, which is good, but you know, we had to go yeah. around and spray cologne and Right. Well and what like, it was lame. Okay. like there was no there was no real experience for me and I think people look at retail and say, Oh man, the, the turnover rate's high. Right. You know, I mean the it, hours oh, are, it's astronomical. are terrible sometimes. And it seems like with, with yeah. Lulu, I mean you're you're talking about, yeah, I get to go work out, I get yeah. to meet people in the community. That sounds like something I can get behind. I, I actually I don't well I mean, I guess this is my career. This is my path. Like, this is the majority of my hours that I'm awake. I get pretty passionate and, like, defensive to say that I don't work in retail. Yeah. I mean, we do provide a product at the end of the day. Yeah. And, like, that is what helps fuel the rest of it. Sure. But when you're shopping at the company, similar to if you shop at Patagonia, you know you're supporting environmental issues and a company that is privately owned and they can do what they want. And so if you align with their values, like, I will support them with my dollars. Sure. I feel the same way about Lululemon. Like, we're a leader development company. Yeah that happens to fund that through premium product, right. um, best in class, which so like 
that part's kind of easy and sells itself. Yeah. Yeah. There's a weird stigma around, yeah. around the word retail. So yeah. I, I appreciate well, you. And, and sorry to cut you off. No. Yeah. Um, but this is about me. It is. Um, it's all about Dave tonight. I, it's David. I, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, if I go back home to, and hang out with my friends, my time capsule friends from, you know, back home, hometown, I'm still the guy that works in retail yeah. and, you know, works on Saturday and right. all your life is awful. When really like, I love the flexibility of my schedule. I make my own schedule. Uh-huh. Um, I really can make room for the things in my life I want to do. Sure. And they're, you know, stuck nine to five. Okay. Uh, other side of the argument. But it's funny, I, I'm on a compensation level that's uh, equal to them, if not higher. I love what I do. I wear sweatpants to work. Um, I get to work out and I get paid for it. Like, it's just funny that I still have to go through some like, right. Um, friendly, it's bull- almost like you have to explain yourself. Yeah. Like, Oh, well I'm, I'm right. a store manager. And right. And like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but like, we're all a bit older now and like, right. I'm not impressed that you're an accountant. Right. No offense to accountants. I'm not, I'm not an accountant by the way. Yeah. I don't even know what to tell people I am. I just, I couldn't do a job that felt literally like a punch in punch yeah. out. Right. Like, I don't want to count numbers all day. Right. I like math, but, like, I would like to be doing something that I enjoy more than that. Yeah. I think you bring up an interesting point, too. We talked a little bit about the stigma of, of retail, and it, it lends itself to playing the comparison game. Oh, yeah. I just think it's so unhealthy to do. You know, and it's... we, we Comparison live, to what? In what sense? As far as, oh, you know, he's a store manager in a retail place, and oh. you said you don't even like the word retail. I don't, yeah. I don't either. I mean, you could yeah. say that about anything, but I feel like we're just living in our our phones right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is what they're doing. Or, right. You know, and to hear you talk about, I could be completely content in this role. Yeah. Well, that's, that's rare to hear from, from any, sure. anyone. I mean, it's. So I had, I had the, I had the counter um, experience to that. So I was in college, um, got a marketing internship at a fortune 500 company back in Ohio. And so I really like, I got that badge thing that pulls off your belt, huh. belt loop. I never uh, had one of those. Yeah. So I had one of those for 18 months Okay. and I was wearing, literally wearing like polos and khakis and like slip on shoes from DSW that were like kind of cool, but not at all. Just like office cool. Never cool. Cooler than the, like the receptionist <laughs> shoes. Um, and, but I had that experience and I actually thought at that point that I was, I was doing it like to get a corporate marketing you know this marketing word marketing sexy marketing internship and i was like oh dave you know can't stay up can't go out tonight he's got this important internship but then i got to a point where like i mean it's good for the story too but like the whole the whole office that i worked in was literally beige like beige walls cubicles the desk was beige like why i don't just this idea of like sucking any degree of like uh, you know what I mean? Like right. uniqueness or individuality or whatever. Yeah. Like it was come in, check your email. That's your first thing. And then you like, we have a meeting about our meetings the rest of the day. And, and I, I will say that more people in my life at that point, like, um, on the perimeters of my life, uh, were like impressed by me. They're like, Oh, you're working for who? And you're doing what? And now I say like, no, oh, I'm doing a job that I love. It doesn't right. feel like a job. Uh, sometimes I have to like, intentionally make room for the rest of life because I just enjoy what I do so much. Yeah. And people say like, oh, this guy just just retail. Right. But actually, actually I'm not. Like I'm building leaders and I'm building relationships and like uh, uh, not to 
glorify what I'm doing, but like I am contributing to a healthier, happier world. Like there are people who at the end of the day, they can't say that about their jobs. They're literally just executing directive. And like, I know that in little ways I'm making people, I'm adding happiness. I'm adding connection. I'm adding, um, a sweat component to yeah. life. Like that's, that's cool to me. Like I'm, you're either a contributor or a detractor. And like, if you scale that to the world, like I know I'm contributing to the world. Right. How many people can't say that? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I could feel your, your passion talking about the company and that's, that's pretty rare, you know, yeah. um, to find people that love their job that much. Yeah. And it, we should have got Lululemon to sponsor this yeah, right. podcast. Brought to you yeah. by, um, interesting you say that right now. I also don't, Lululemon has empowered me and like set up a culture where I can be this happy. But if you, if you like strip that away and strip away what my role actually, like what my official title is or what, what my LinkedIn will say after I update it. Uh, Give it two weeks. Right. I'll, I won't touch it. Um, is I have a place where my job is to care about people, my employees and my guests. So like I get to show compassion and support and care. Um, I get to be yeah, encouraging and positive and yeah, like it, that's not really Lululemon. It's just Lululemon is a place where I'm allowed to do that and it's not get back to work. Um, I'm going to plug this book again. I don't know why. Yeah, that's no, go for it. It's just on my mind. But there was a part in the book that says, you know, this VP of an office walked in the door that day and the first cubicle person grabbed him and said, Hey, I'm, I have the serious surgery coming up and I need some time off and I really need to talk to you. And so that took 15 minutes and the next person, their kid was going through some sort of strife and they needed the afternoon off. And then the next person had a positive thing, but still he didn't get back to his office until an hour later. And he felt like he had been delayed from doing his work for an hour. But the, the antidote to the whole thing was like, that actually is your job. Like as a manager, mm -hmm. like your job is to manage your people. Right. And that means like caring about them yeah. on a personal level. And so he actually was doing the important part of his job, but he wasn't doing the task part of his job sure. that others can measure and say like, you're successful or not, yeah. or you hit your deadline. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that's great. So if you were to give, just cause we talked about, you know, being a manager, if you were to give a piece of advice for a manager listening, one piece of advice, you know, what, what would be your, your takeaway from Lulu and then, and then yeah. tie that back into advice for a manager through your experiences? Yeah. Wow. Um, you update your LinkedIn profile before a podcast. <laughs> Step number one. Um, I think it would be that no work can really be done to its like effect, uh, maximum effectiveness without a foundation, without a relationship-based foundation. So if my people don't trust me or I don't trust them, I'm either not going to fully give them ownership of something or they're not going to fully believe that I'm giving said ownership. And so it won't actually be as effective and fluid as possible. So okay. like, so if you don't establish that relationship on a personal level, and that doesn't mean like we have to go out to dinner together. I mean, it can just be like taking time out of your day to listen to them and relate to them and remember their dog's name or their, you know, what's going on in their life. Right. Um, but if that is there, 
and people are willing to work for you as a human, that's when you'll go next level. Um, but so many people see the short-term opportunity of driving sales through um, being harsh and rule-driven and uh, just this, you know, re all they care about is producing results. And a lot of times that'll come from above, and I understand that. But long-term play, that's not sustainable. Whereas if someone cares and wants to work for you, like on a human level, that's the person that you can help grow and, and will in turn support you in, you know, driving success within your business. Boom. Mic drop. That was... I know this is an expensive mic. No, that was... Uh... That was great. I don't know what I said. And, and was, I'm not... It was an out-of-body experience. Yeah, this it was, is, you're sweating right now. This is like a uh, like how actors are like, I don't watch my own movies. <laughs> I don't know that I can listen to this. You'll listen to it. I think I think we can end it with that. This was okay. a, this is a really good interview. And uh, you already said where people could follow you on Instagram. But let's... <laughs> I, I did. Let's, we started off the interview with that. Let's, uh, let's tell people where they can follow you personally on Instagram. Uh, sure. I'm, it's... Do I have to say the at part? Probably not. Can we start over? All right. It's just the, the Dave Graham. The, the. No, no, no. Just one. Let Either. me start over. The Dave Graham. G-R-A-H-A-M. <laughs> Perfect. And then if they want to come see you. Yeah. Where are you at? What's your address? What part of Pittsburgh sure. are you in? Um, we're located in Shadyside, which is a wonderful little community right on Walnut Street. So it's 5520 Walnut Street. Okay. Um, we have two locations in Pittsburgh. The other one up north. But that's the one that I'm, you could find me. Most often. So if you want to meet Dave and you're in Pittsburgh, go yeah. to the Shady Side store. And it doesn't have to be to buy product. Like that goes back to this whole conversation. Just go in and give, you can just say what's up. Give him a hug. Yeah. Hug. Yeah. Sweat on him a little bit. <laughs> go see Dave in Pittsburgh and definitely check out his LinkedIn. Dave, it's been fun. Yeah. I thanks, appreciate Adam. it, man. Cool. Awesome. This podcast was brought to you by Carney, the digital agency behind the Daily Carnage newsletter. If you aren't on the list, make sure you sign up at carney.co. That's C-A-R-N-E-Y dot C-O. If you're enjoying this podcast, we would greatly appreciate a review on iTunes. Thanks a lot. Till next time.